Hello and welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Gina Ferrari. I'm Kristen Corona. And I'm Catherine Baer. When walking in faith seems impossible and you can't see the purpose in your pain, we are here to help you find hope in the struggle. Welcome to Rebounding Faith. I am so excited, you guys, to dive into this episode. One, because of the topic. I love sheep, but we'll get into that in a minute. But the second is we get to celebrate. We get to celebrate today because we have issued 18 episodes. As of the recording today, we have issued 18 episodes. And I'm so excited to share with everyone that we are being listened to in 61 countries Amazing. And isn't that amazing? It's so cool. So cool. And we have been ranked in the top 10% globally. Wow. So I just want to praise God. Like it's amazing what he mm. can do with three ladies uh, <laughs> talking about faith. So anyway, and of course, our wonderful listeners that we love. So I'm so excited. And I want to encourage everybody listening today to check out Our website, reboundingfaith.com, we have a lot of resources there. You guys can download. Gina's got an amazing blog. And then also, I want to encourage you guys, if you enjoy this podcast, hey, share it with a friend. And maybe there'll be a friend that can benefit from this. Everybody needs a little encouragement, right? Yes, absolutely. So anyway, so I just want to just celebrate today. And uh, there is no segue to go from celebration to sheep, but we're just going <laughs> to make that jump. Run we're right gonna, through yep, it. Just, just run right through. So today we are looking at sheep. And so the reason I thought this would be kind of a fun episode to do is because we are compared to sheep in the Bible and called sheep several times. We know that Jesus is our good shepherd, um, but sheep are actually referenced. Do you guys want to guess? How many times? How in the many Bible? times? Yeah. Yikes. I mean, Probably you're kind of you're bunch, kind of right? like, yeah, making it seem like it's a big deal. So. It's like marbles in a jar. How many oh, are I'm terrible how many sheep? at those? <laughs> Maybe like 75? 75? Okay, Gina, mm, what do you think? The 60? Okay. <laughs> this is like price is right rules. Honestly. Or what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you see my thumbs? They're pointing up. up they're up, going up. Oh, okay. Oh. It's actually no fewer than 220 <gasps> times in the Bible. It's more than any other animal that's referenced there. Wow. And so I think that warrants like a deeper dive. I think we just have to look at this animal and see why, you know, what similar characteristics well, that we have. Let's just yeah, tell let's the just, truth here, Catherine. Yeah. Okay. You love sheep. I do. You have studied sheep. You're I do. Guilty as charged. On sheep. I know. I am now. I yeah. actually researched you, you guys. You at a Holiday Inn last night? <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I just want to say the competitor in me just wants to make sure that we all know. Yeah. 75 times actually wins in prices right to 220. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're right. Noted. Okay. So uh, prize will be issued later after we record. So uh, so I just thought it'd be fun to look at these characteristics and see why, why we're called sheep. Um, so today we're going to look at four main characteristics and traits about sheep. So we'll go through that and draw those comparisons to ourselves. And it really helps to, in, for me, what I was able to see in scripture is it really does show, like it deepens our understanding of scripture when you know about these sheep. So 
Next week, actually, a little teaser, we're going to dive into how Jesus is our good shepherd of us said sheep. So a sheep. two-parter. Yes. So it's going to be a two-parter. So we're testing, we're just going to see, like, uh, how does this go? Two-part episode. I think it's going to work out well. So in order to truly appreciate how good Jesus is at doing, you know, his shepherding work and his his job with us, we really need to have a solid understanding of who we are as sheep and our behaviors, which drive the need for a shepherd in the first place. So that's kind of my thought and idea. I love that. Let's quickly just begin with some fun general facts about sheep. Okay. And Catherine, now that you're a sheep expert, you probably (laughs) already know all of these. But I was really surprised when doing a little bit of research that there are hundreds of breeds of sheep in Mm -hmm. the world. And a recent study showed that sheep can remember the faces of up to 50 other sheep for more than two years. That one really made me feel insecure, (laughs) especially at work, because I meet so many people and I can't remember their name. I'm like, yeah. I know I, I've met you before. I can't remember. Now, notice it doesn't say that the sheep remember their names. Yeah, but even faces, faces. Even faces. Yes. It's tough. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is that sheep don't have top teeth in their <laughs> upper jaw. Yeah. And I had to, like, fact check that even though I was reading facts about sheep. Right. I was like, I right. surely I've yeah. seen a sheep yeah. that have yeah. top teeth. But they don't. They have these thick gums called a dental pad. Yeah. I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Did you guys have any idea that uh, sheep, they won't drink from running water. They only drink from still water. Kind of reminds me of the Bible verse when he says he causes us to uh, lay by still water. So maybe there's something to that. So, yeah, and maybe it's because they're afraid that they're going to fall in. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Or uh, and drown before the shepherd notices. Who knows what they're thinking? But but only from still water do they drink. And the life expectancy is ten to twelve years, with the oldest sheep on record being twenty three years old. Mm-hmm. Interesting, huh? Yeah. They don't really live that long. No, they don't. No. I was kind of surprised by that too. Yeah. And sheep are extreme followers. Like they're. Not a lot of leaders in the sheep community, <laughs> and they need a lot of care, which we're going to dive into today in our episode. And sheep are really valued. I mean, they are prized possessions. They're loved deeply by the shepherd. And in the Bible time, biblical times, they were actually a sign of great wealth and blessing. So, you know, it's kind of interesting to look at livestock from that that view. Um, so today, let's let's dive into these tendencies about sheep. And the first one that that I was really struck by, and I think, you know, we can all relate to, is that sheep are wanderers by nature. And so the definition of wander is to go about from place to place, and this is the key part, usually without a plan or definite purpose. Is there a picture of me? Next to that little definition. No, there isn't. But do you think there should <laughs> be, Gina? sounds like okay. me, yeah. I just yeah. envisioned your face on a sheep's body. <laughs> there just you go. Just wandering yeah. from place to place yeah. without a plan. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know it's hysterical, and we may get into this later, but one of the ways that they do it is very unintentional, right? So they have no concern for safety, and what I found is they'll start grazing, and they don't pay attention. And they just start, you know, munching away. And before you know it, they're completely off to the left or they've wandered off. 
Now, um, that's unintentional, right? So they'll wander away from the protection of the shepherd or the herd. Now, they also have no sense of direction. Mm, So once they're gone, how do Mm. they get back? Which I thought was interesting. Now, sometimes they'll wander intentionally. And this is a little bit different of a motive. But this is usually driven by either being hungry or uh, just a sense of being restless, right, from resulting from either hunger or bugs. And so if there's a lack of food and the shepherd's not providing that, they're going to start to get a little restless and they're going to start to wander to go try to find that food source, which, of course, sheep can't provide for themselves. So that's interesting. The other thing is bugs. So that'll start irritating them and be an irritant. And they're going to get a little restless. They're going to want to be able to wander a little bit, try to get away from, from that irritant. Um, and so in my research, and you guys may have heard about this, but there was a very famous sheep story that came about, I want to say in April of 2021, just about this time last year, March, maybe where there's an Australian sheep that was found wandering in the wild on the edge of a state forest after years of being on his own. And this is very rare. I cannot emphasize enough how rare this is for a sheep to survive on its own in isolation for six to seven years. And so, um, as I said, he was found in Australia wandering in the wild, and it was believed that he was actually once owned, but he wandered off. And somehow he managed to find food, like wild grass and, you know, pools of water to keep him alive over the years. And when he was finally spotted, he was underweight, but he was alive. But his coat, you guys, and I and I encourage anybody to go to our website. We're going to have pictures of Barack. That's his name. Uh, I was going to say, yep. we hadn't said his, said his <laughs> name yet. Barack. Barack, Barack the yep. sheep. I did not give him that name. He was named by his um, his caretakers. So uh, anyway, go to our website, check out the before and after pictures of him. But his coat had managed to resemble something, I guess I would say, like a large, fluffy, dirty cloud. Really dirty. I mean, huge, you guys, huge. The weight of the fleece that they had shaved off of him, he had, it was like 78 pounds. It was crazy. And, And it's actually the second highest on record. Um, when they when they sheared him. Now, the weight of his fleece had pulled so much on his lower eyelid, eyelids that they actually sagged, which is like just gives you a picture of how much it was. So he is a true miracle. That's, that's really the point. And other than being underweight and some minor complications, as I mentioned, he managed to keep going. Um, and so now he's living under the loving care of Edgar's mission in Victoria, Australia, and he is healing and happy. And you can actually see updates of him there. So cute. Um, but it kind of gives the picture of, you know what, sheep are wanderers. And I don't know what caused him to wander off. Could be a grazing thing, could be bugs, hunger, whatever it is, but he's wandering off. And so when you stop and you think about that, and you think about wandering intentionally or unintentionally. I'm just curious, like, if you guys have experience with that? I have a question first about okay. this because I'm wondering, and I was trying to find it in some research, but I couldn't really, and since you spent so much time yes. on this, yes. Catherine, yes. did did his owner, his shepherd, know that he was the one that was found? Like, was he, was Barack, like, chipped at all, like a lot of animals are these days? I can answer that. Okay. He had a tag in his ear 
Um, they could see that the fleece had overgrown yeah. there. So that's how they knew he was he was once owned. But I don't think his owner, like he, he wasn't ever reunited with his okay. initial owner. So he's living in the sanctuary now. And yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yes, to your question, I definitely wander. And I can relate to specifically something that you said. I feel like... What, what really resonated was wandering intentionally, mm-hmm. but actually possibly unintentionally. Yeah. Um, and what I From mean by that is, is I feel like, yeah, my actions feel intentional, mm-hmm. but I don't always connect it to like just random wandering. Right. You know, and, and for me, when I get stressed or sad or depressed, I get extra busy. Yeah. And in my mind, I feel like that's very intentional behavior. Right. But it's unintentionally wandering because I'm not really taking the time to think about why I feel like I need to be so busy. Right. If that makes sense. It's it's kind of like it's a distraction, but it's an intentional distraction. And so when I think of unintentional wandering, I go back to that picture of the sheep that is grazing, right? And they're preoccupied and they're focused on something as innocent as eating, right? And yet something like that can remove us from an area where we're supposed to be. And so it's really about bringing ourselves back and being mindful in the moment of something that's pretty innocent, really. Well, you you know, know, too, with them saying that they don't have a good sense of direction. I Mm -hmm. completely relate to that because it is one of my weaknesses. (laughs) My dad used to say he could spin me around four times in my own house and I'd be lost. I mean, that's a fact. So I think sometimes the the wandering away and not even realizing that Mm -hmm. we've kind of drifted away until we are away and don't realize how far we've gone. Right. And so I love this because... You know, so often we want to take that upon ourselves, you know, oh, we got to fix that. And, you know, we do what we do, right? As, as sheeple, that's what I'll call us, right? Sheeple. (laughs) But as we do that, but in actuality, this is really going to tie in well with next week as we look at the shepherd, right? And what he does for us when we wander. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll dive deeper into that. But definitely the tendency for wandering, Mm -hmm. I I see both in sheep and in myself. I can't speak for everybody, but I can definitely see the the parallels there. Yeah. For sure. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so the next point about sheep is that they're helpless and sheep cannot sustain or provide for themselves. They have to be led to water and the best places to graze. And an example of this is, and I love this, this is one of my favorite examples about sheep, is that they will eat grass until it is a dirt patch, and then they will continue to eat the dirt patch, which is so fascinating to me that they don't pay attention how much they're consuming, and they just eat and eat and eat, and then before you know it, it's just a dirt patch. And they'll keep eating the dirt. Yeah, Knowing it doesn't taste like grass anymore, but still going with the dirt. Yeah. And I think, and, you know, I want to mention this too, that sheep are very content in the moment and they will take something that will satisfy them right at that time rather than take the extra steps to get, we'll see this with the water, but like take those extra steps to get to clean water. Just staying where they are. Just staying where they are. And so that really resonated with me too. Um, and so getting into the water, so sheep need plenty of water, like, you know, like we do. And what 
I think is so fascinating is they'll actually mob around a tree or a dry trough until they die of thirst, you guys. Like they will literally just mob around something that won't deliver. Like how does that? So when they should wander yeah. off to go look for water, they, they won't. won't. Yes. Yeah. I think this is important because when we were when we were reading up on this and trying to figure out some points that we wanted to make, when you started making the correlation of sheep and humans being similar, mm-hmm. I was a bit offended because sheep sound kind of dumb. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. I was like, they're not what? very they're smart. N- no. Actually, they are. Actually, here's what yeah, I they are. They are. I know they just act dumb. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of like humans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? But like, I think that based on some of the things that we're talking about, yeah. it does seem like they might not be intelligent. They are incredibly intelligent. Yep. They have very impressive cognitive abilities, just like humans. Mm-hmm. And they form like really deep relationships with one another. They're super loyal. They've been yep. known, and I don't know how you test this, to grieve like we mm-hmm. do. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to note that when a sheep isn't going to get water and they're making the decision to die of thirst, there's a like it, there's a piece of that that is very intentional. And I don't mm-hmm. understand it necessarily, yeah. but definitely don't get the impression when you're hearing these stories that sheep aren't smart. So it sounds yeah. like they're smart in certain ways. They recognize the face of 50 other sheep. They have some abilities to be smart. And yet when it comes to taking care of their own needs, mm-hmm. they can't seem to do that. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, they're extreme followers, which I mentioned. And so you have to wonder what is stronger there. So if the mob or the herd, right, mentality is we're going to all congregate around this dry trough. Would and no she, one's going to deviate from it. Right. Like, none would of them any do. of them independently say, okay, you guys do that. You hang out here for a while. I'm going to go try to find something better for me. But you know what? It's so like humans. If you guys have seen those studies mm-hmm. around just human behavior, and I remember looking at one recently. I was watching some documentary, and they had like six people in a room just sitting in chairs, like almost kind of envision like a waiting room. And you know, a new person comes in and sits down and then they actually show two people stand up. They just stand up. They're not going anywhere. They just stand up. And then another person stands up and then another person stands up. And then the new person in the room is kind of looking around. Sure Should enough, I be like, standing they up? They stand up. Yeah. Because everyone else did it. Right. So in this example, yes. the sheep are the same. They're all mm-hmm. hanging out by the tree and they're dying of thirst together, mm-hmm. but they believe that that's what they're supposed to do because no one else is doing anything different. Right. Hey, maybe Barack yeah. left the pack. Yeah. Because he, he was the... Yeah. yeah, maybe. He's a trendsetter. Maybe. Could be. Yeah. Well, he's certainly globally famous. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, but, you know, going back to what you were just saying, Kristen, it's so interesting because if we look at, like, our, so- like our social norms, mm-hmm. right, and things mm-hmm. like that, for us to stand up against the pack or the herd or, you know, just our community, right, and do something different, even if it's in our best interest, how hard is that mm-hmm. to do that for it's us? It's really hard. Yeah. So I I see absolute similarities there. Um, I also think about, like, when you look at sheep and how they're settlers, right? This really struck me. Like, it was just so fascinating to read about this. Sheep will settle for less or even worse, they'll choose it. And what I mean by that is when some are thirsty, they will actually stop at a dirty puddle, right, right in front of them instead of going for the clean, still waters, which are maybe 20 feet ahead of them. Now... 
<clears throat> so I, there were some conflicting reports. Some farmers reported like, no, they never will. They'll always take the clean water. But others have said you have to watch them because they will stop and drink out of something that isn't healthy and actually toxic and ingest that. And then you have health problems. So you have to make sure that they're, you know, taking to that water. So kind of interesting that they would be satisfied with what I'm terming the filth, right? They'll accept that. And in a way, they'll choose that rather than taking those extra few steps forward to go for something that is so much better. So choosing and settling in the moment. that oh, That's a human trait. Oh, yeah. I've done that plenty of times. Yeah. Out of the familiar, mm-hmm. you know, or what's comfortable, staying in something that's not healthy, not yeah. good for you when just above the horizon, if you would just keep moving. Yeah. But we get stuck. And it's that ability to just say, you know what, it may not may not be good water, but it's water. Water, yeah. And I'm thirsty, and it's kind of just doing it for me right now, you know. That's kind of what you see first. And, you know, if you're also known to potentially die of thirst, Mm -hmm. you might not know that there's something better that's only... 10 feet further. Yeah. Right. So you are kind of settling for, I I, I don't, maybe this is the best I have right now. Or maybe it's all there is. Like Mm -hmm. you you can't see, you know, the 20 feet ahead. Yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of interesting when you think about like, if you are caught up in a situation or a scenario that's not healthy or good for you, or if you look at like, even like a, a dirty water, like comparing that to maybe sin, right? Looking at that, that sin always looks enticing at the time. Always. It's never going to present itself as, you know, something other than that. Right? right. So you, you know, they may tell themselves, well, after all it's water, you know? So just looking at that and knowing that even though perhaps we know something will harm us or a situation will harm us or whatever it is, we still do it. Why? Because some we of us think are it's s- not that bad. Yeah. So we bad. justify it. Mm-hmm. We're stubborn. Who knows? Right. There's worse water. Oh, yeah. Could be drinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could take it all day long, yeah. you know, like that. Um, so or the others are doing it. I don't want to leave the pack. Right. They're yeah. all drinking from this water. So I'm not going to stand up and do different. There's so many reasons why, you know, we could be blinded from the truth or just lacking judgment, whatever the issue is. But I thought that was so fascinating that we will settle. You know, sheep will settle. We will settle. And God compares us to sheep in the Bible because we just don't always know what's good for us. I mean, I I will speak personally. I think there's a lot of truth in that statement that we justify it and think we do. But do we really? Yeah. I think there's a lot of comparisons the more we study and talk yes, about this the more relatable ton. i am to the to the sheep oh yeah gosh there's yeah. a ton you guys so many so you know i think we can identify ways that we settle for what satisfies in the moment um and i'm wondering if you guys have examples of that i i think the times that i have settled for less is because of some fault self-belief is that I don't deserve better mm. that what I have is what I have and it's here and, and you're lucky to have it yeah you're lucky to have that dirty water yeah, yeah. it's something it's right. wet it'll kind you know? of keep you alive you may be yeah. sick but at least you'll yeah. be alive yeah interesting yeah Do you identify maybe, with that? yeah I think too maybe sometimes pride gets in the way mm-hmm. right like maybe if you're in a toxic relationship or you have some sort of vice that isn't healthy for you, 
um, the sense of like you've got it under control or you, you know, you know what you're doing or it could be worse. Or maybe you can make it better. Or maybe, yeah, maybe I can be the one that helps this person who really is toxic for me. Mm -hmm. But I'm strong enough. Like that won't impact me. If anything, I could help them. And so it might just be pride too that gets in the way. Yeah. What it, that is so true. That's such a good point. And what about do you guys ever think about it in terms of this would be a form of pride, but like I can handle it. I can handle the dirty water. Yeah. Like I've had dirty water my whole life. I can handle this. It's what I do. You know, it's it's almost like a a weird like taking strength and turning it upside down, you know, like it's not good for you, but I can handle it. I've seen people do that. Well, with sin, it is so that way Yeah, because it does at first look enticing Mm -hmm. and then we're in a little bit and we think, oh, we can, I got this. It's not that bad. Right. I can, you know, I can fix Mm -hmm. this thing or I won't let me, it suck me in totally. Right. And it's such a. I won't be sick from drinking the dirty water. Yeah. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so true. And I think, you know, it's just interesting, like, if you were to choose to go that 20 feet, you know, or whatever it is to the next bet, like, the better option, you yeah. know? But what's so fascinating is if they had a shepherd there leading them and the pack was going, they would go. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's just interesting to kind of think about that. How about sheep being followers? I loved this. Like, that is just I in fact I want to share this example you guys I came across this story about sheep a farmer suggested that if you take a rope and you tie it across the exit of the barn and as sheep are ready to be led out into pasture the first 10 or so will jump over that rope to get outside and at that point like lower the rope put it down on the ground cut the rope And what you'll see is the remainder of the sheep will continue to jump over an invisible rope because Mm. that's what the one in front of them was doing. Just followed them. Yeah. So they're not looking at the obstacle. They're looking at the person in front of them, how they're handling that and what they're doing. And then they're imitating that. And that was just so fascinating to me. You read about that and then you read about the multiple examples. One recently just occurred where several sheep, you know, went off a cliff because they, how it happens is uh, they're moving in one direction and they're not paying attention to where they're going. There's that lack of direction again, right? Mm -hmm. And wandering. Mm -hmm. They get up to the edge of the cliff and the ones in the back keep pushing and they push the front ones right off the cliff. And that's how, so it's not that they're intentionally jumping. It's that they're being pushed like up and over. And I thought that was so interesting. And so really they are followers to an extreme. And so I thought about us in our society, you guys, and have you ever seen like, oh my gosh, those social media trends. Have you seen those? Which trends are you referring to? I mean, I see all sorts of trends. Oh, no. I mean, like, stupid trends. Like, stupid, dumb trends. Mm. Like, those that you look at and go, why would anyone ever set themselves on fire? Why would anyone ever take, I think it's salt, on their skin and then take an ice cube and hold that onto the salt, like, intentionally burning their skin to prove there's the dirty water, I guess, in a way, right? They can handle it. They can do it. And then film it 
for followers or whatever. But there's a lot of trending yeah. of like, weren't there things where like kids were like hitting teachers and stuff oh, and yeah. putting it on social media and yeah. then it was like trending to hit yeah. your teacher? Oh, yeah. Like, or do you remember the like lip challenge where they were basically taking a vacuum and putting it on their lips to get <laughs> the full lips? Are like, you serious? Oh, yeah. Oh, and, my and gosh. And the damage that was done and the bruising and it was all just some silly someone saying, this is how you get big full lips that you know look good some tiktok thing and yeah person after person trying start it. doing it that's so right. i Perfect. have a confession when i was in middle school i mean we didn't have social media then so this wasn't trending per se via social media but it back was back in those cavemen days yeah <laughs> back in the you know early 90s yeah um but one thing that we used to do in middle school was like this this thing where you could like make each other pass out. Yes. Where yes. you would stand against a wall oh, yeah. and like hold your breath and then someone mm-hmm. would like basically strangle you or something until you passed out. Yeah. yeah. And it was like this really weird feeling. But I mean that's dumber than putting your <laughs> lips in a vacuum, right? Like yeah. you could actually die. die. Or right. like the Tide Pod stuff. I or, like, was just going like to say that. that it's like yeah. now mm-hmm. here's the thing that I think is interesting is a lot of these things that we're talking about that are trending, kids are susceptible to. Right. Because we often, I think, think that kids are are heavily influenced by their mm-hmm. peers mm-hmm. in social pressure. But that's a miss if we're just kind of pushing it off to, yeah, that's like a, a childish thing to do. Kids will be kids. Yeah. Because adults, like there's a lot of things that are trending that adults are trying to do yeah. as well. Like and they the plank might... challenge? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I mean, about even that things one. that are yeah. worse, you yeah. know? Like, think of how many people you know, or I'm susceptible to it too, of trying to conform to different things that my friends are doing or want to do or what they believe. Um, so obviously we're kind of using some extreme examples and things that are trending on social media, but um, I don't want us to miss the point that like we all do this to some extent you know and what came to mind for me when I was reading through this and thinking about this is um I am always fascinated by those people who follow what Jesus might warn as a false prophet or Mm -hmm. those types of cults right and you always ask yourself you know, how how do people get caught up in that? How how slowly. does that happen, right? Very slowly. How does brainwashing ever happen? Yeah. And I just think about that, and I think at, they're, they're following. And you're right. It isn't something like at first where they no. produce something that is crazy, and you would never think to follow. I think, Catherine, it's like the frog in the pot, and yeah. they turn up the heat so slowly, so slowly, the frogs don't even try to get out. They boil to death. Right. Without Because reckoning. they slowly become comfortable in the environment yeah. that they're in, and they don't realize the danger. Yeah. That's, it seems like That's a great me. point. That's a perfect way to look at it, and to think that you know, you have to ask yourself, who are we following, yeah. really? Because if that's our tendency, and I think we've identified, like, the crazy things that we as people will follow or try to emulate, right, for yeah. whatever reason, whether it's social mi- media likes or it's acceptance or whatever, I think that we recognize that tendency in ourselves, and then we have to be careful and ask ourselves who and what are we following? And I know we'll dive in next week and see 
the quality of life that sheep have is directly linked to the shepherd that is caring for them. But, you know, we are followers for sure, for sure. You know, I, I can say I don't consider myself a follower per se, um, but I am not, I don't consider myself a strong leader. Um, I know that both of you guys in your job positions are strong leaders and then mm-hmm. leadership is something that comes naturally to you. It doesn't come naturally to me. Um, and I think the majority of people are that way. Um, I'm a really good, not that I can't lead because I can, but it's not natural to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a really good like co-manager or co-host or co-leading, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, doing it together and, and being stronger together. But I think that that's part of like we can say, oh, followers. Well, I could see that because unless it's really natural to you mm-hmm. to be a leader, it's just in your DNA and your makeup, then what else are you going to be? You're going to follow along with who you see as being the strong leader, right? But also with that, we all have a sense and desire and longing for a sense of community. Yeah. And if you look at sheep, they are very, uh, they're driven by being together Mm -hmm. in a community. And Mm -hmm. one of their ways to protect themselves against predators, they think, is to congregate together. kind of pack mentality. And really... Mm -hmm. That's that's just like, you know, one big like selection for a wolf. You know, at that point, you're not running. You're not. Mm-hmm. They, they have they can run oftentimes in the wrong direction together and they can kick. But other than that, their their form of protection without the shepherd is to be together. Just safety and numbers yeah. kind of thing. And so if you think about that in terms of survival mm-hmm. uh, for them, but I think we as people we are so driven by acceptance. Like it hurts to be rejected by Mm -hmm. others. It, we care. I mean, we, we may not admit this, but we care about what other people think of us. And, you know, I think if we, I don't think that that's wrong. I don't think there's, that's, there's anything wrong with that. Unless that that sense of belonging. Yeah. Unless you allow it, it like dictates Mm -hmm. your choices and values. Then, then there's probably something that we have to, stop and say, well, maybe let me look at this a little bit closer. But I think God created in us a sense to want to be together in a community. And Mm -hmm. I think we get that, whether it's through, you know, friends and clubs and hopefully through church and, you know, life groups and families, of Mm -hmm. course, you know. So, so if you look at that and you say how much of the following is because we want to be part of that community Mm -hmm. and belong. And I also think, you know, it wasn't that long ago we were celebrating Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I think about so many just traditions I have in my family that we do. And I don't even really know why we do them or how it started or who started it. Was my was it my great great grandma mm-hmm. that started doing this? But we do these things every year. That is in its purest form something that seems so natural and like you do out of respect and belonging and want to like wanting to honor your family but it is a little bit of like the frog in the boiling water it's the same concept it's just not as negative of a consequence right so take that on one end of the spectrum to the frog in the boiling water but the behavior is the same you're staying in it you're living out these traditions, you're doing these things a certain way, and you don't even really know why anymore. You just feel like it's the right thing to do. It makes you feel good. 
in the moment. It gives you some nostalgia or it brings back a memory that makes you feel good. And so I think that it's not necessarily about thinking like if you're out there and you're a leader and you're like, well, I, you know, I feel pretty good here. I don't typically follow. Um, that's not really what it is. It's like everybody conforms. Like think about yeah. some of the things that yeah. you do, some of the traditions you have in your family, so, like some of your just daily operating things that you do that you don't even really know why you do them or what the point of them is. It's just kind of the way you've always done things. And pretty soon it becomes just normal. Yeah. It's just it's And that's just how people do. end up in a situation that's toxic or they end up in in a cult or they end up in because you're right. Like we crave community. We want mm-hmm. to be accepted. Yep. We want to be around like-minded people that we think believe in the same things that we do mm-hmm. and um, I mean, let's be honest, people can look at like the Christian faith and think that it's cultish. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes it is, depending mm-hmm. on what you choose right. to believe or who you right. surround yourself with. Who mm-hmm. you choose to follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, Kristen, you mentioned about, you know, we don't know why we do the things we do and we just continue to do it and normalize it to a degree. And I think about that story where uh, a girl, you know, maybe in her early 20s or whatever, she was with her mom on Thanksgiving Day learning how to do a turkey, right? And so the first step was to take this turkey and put it in this pot, right? And it barely fit, and she would cram it in on each side and stuff. And she goes, well, Mom, why why do you do that? And she said, well, I don't, I don't know, honey. This is the way my mom always did it. Let's, let's ask her. Like, this is, you know, so they asked the grandma, and the grandma said, well, this is the way my mom always did it, uh-huh. you know. So they go to the great-grandmother, and they say, you know, why did, why did you do this with the turkey? I just want to understand the significance. And the girl's asking all these questions. She goes, well, I just never had a pan big enough. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. Like, that's yeah. why I had to cram. And so for three generations, that's what they do, never asking themselves why. why? Or is there and a then when they way? get to the core reason, right. it's so crazy ridiculous. Yeah. And I think if we just yeah. pressed in on that. And so really, and again, we'll, we'll segue into this next week, but looking at our quality of life, given these tendencies that we have, if we have a good shepherd that is leading us to the clean water to drink, to the green pastures, not the dirt patches, to help the the herd, right, move in the right direction and get to those places where we will... To protect us and guide us. Yes. Where we will really have our best life given, you know, these circumstances. So I just loved that just, you know, in recapping that and and great examples, though, there, there is good to being followers in, in terms of the sheep. And one thing I loved is that sheep will, first of all, they will not eat out of a stranger's hand. They are so loyal and uh, faithful to their shepherd that they will not eat. You can try giving a sheep food. If they don't know you, they will not take it. Um, and the other thing I love is that they will follow the voice of their shepherd and no other. So I love that because, uh, and there are YouTube videos, you guys. I know I I sent you one. So cool of testing three different people to call the sheep. They do not respond. Wouldn't even look up. Yep, they're not stopping the grazing. Nope. And then the farmer does it, and instantly their heads shoot up. They know that voice. They turn their ear. They turn their face. Oh, it's so powerful to see that in motion. You know, so... 
just and seeing them that. come just running towards him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just at the sound of his voice. Yeah. And so I love that because if they get mixed, I read actually shepherds sometimes will combine their flocks ah. so that they can sleep, you know, through the night watch mm-hmm. and they don't need to mark them. They don't need to tag them because all they do is shout out the next morning and the two herds will literally separate. Just separate. Yeah. That's like cool. because that is they know their shepherd's voice. Yes, because they know their shepherd's voice. I loved that. So they are where they where they will make up, right? In the area of emotional intelligence and loyalty for where they lack in their sense of direction and their tendency to wander and provide for themselves. Um, so I think that's just really interesting. And also, you know, just going back to the helpless piece, you know, and thinking about the need for shearing, like we didn't really talk too much about that, but I think it's so important and we'll talk more about that next week, but shearing is really something that, you know, like, um, Barack needed, you know, mm. after six years, you know, to do that. And so the, the weight care, he was carrying around, yeah. that unnecessary, unhealthy weight. Right. But and, because uh, he's so smart, it probably also served as a protection mechanism mm-hmm. out in the wild, wherever mm-hmm. he was. Yeah. I mean, he definitely didn't look like a sheep. Right. So if he, <laughs> he was trying it. to like camouflage <laughs> as like some job. big ball of something. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Mission but, accomplished. Oh, totally. I, so I just think, you know, um, sheep have a lot of needs, you know, mm-hmm. and care. And uh, so I hope, you know, next week when we get into this, we'll really be able to dive in and see how we benefit in the right ways from following the right shepherd on the right path. And so I'm excited for next week. So to sh- to sum it up for this week, you know, seeing that sheep are helpless. I just want to say this in one sentence, you guys. Sheep are helpless, mostly defenseless, directionless, wandering followers that require a lot of care and provision for survival. But as we mentioned, they are smart and they can make choices. They make up for their faults with a high level of emotional and intellectual intelligence And they're actually rated just below cattle and pigs. And I know we mentioned that before when we reference that they're smart. So I'm glad to be called a sheep. What do you got? What about you guys? Well, I have a few too many similarities to a sheep. (laughs) That's for sure. So relatable, for sure. Relatable. I know. Mm. I feel the same way. So next week, we're going to be diving deeper into how the Good Shepherd guides, provides, protects, and leads us to a better, more fulfilling life. So moving us on from dirty water to clean water, right? To clean Mm -hmm. still water, I might add, and greener patches. Actually, let me say that again. Greener pastures, not dirt patches, as well as providing us with hope and healing. So I hope you all will join us next week for part two of this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to please share it with a friend or a person who could benefit and check out reboundingfaith.com and you can find us all on social media. And with that, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us. Come and join us next week and be sure to like and subscribe to Rebounding Faith.